The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. This morning's scripture text is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for this Advent season in which we have savored the riches of your grace to us in Christ. We worship you for the gift of hope in Christ, overcoming our hopelessness and despair by the light of the glory of Christ. We praise you and worship you for the gift of peace that is ours in Christ, in which we rest. Your peace like an ever-flowing river, eternal peace with you flowing into our lives and in all the aspects of our lives. We praise you for the gift of joy in Christ. We worship you as our sovereign and all-powerful Savior who sent his Son to save us from our sins and gather us to yourself forever. And now this morning I pray you would grant us grace to worship you for the gift of your love. Grant us grace to worship you as the God who is love. So by your word and by your spirit, draw us in to know your love, to abide in it, and to show your love accordingly as your love would flow through us, enabling us to love one another. So help me now as I open this word, help us all to think and to draw near to you, draw near into your love. So make it real, Father, for the glory of Christ among us and for our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's my aim, is that we would worship God for the gift of his love for us in Christ and that we would receive his love by faith. It's a gift of the new birth and we would thereby 
inevitably show his love to others. That's a lot. And I'll tell you what I did with this passage. And (laughs) I don't know. I mean, somebody might say, well, I don't know why you did it that way. I'll tell you why I did it. I mean, I'll tell you that I did it this way and maybe why I did it this way. I looked at this passage and I thought, well, I don't want to start with the command. Beloved, love one another. I want to start with the ground underneath the command. And so I, I kind of ordered it chronologically. It's like back into all eternity. <laughs> here, here are my points. Back into all eternity breaking in at Advent and Easter and uh, coming into today uh, receiving the love of God for us in Christ. So here, here are my four points. So see if you hear the chronological ordering here. Point number one, God is love. The point is about God's character, his nature from all eternity. Point number two, God is the source of love. Kind of flows from the first one that from God comes love. Point number three, God has shown his love for us. This demonstration of God's love, it's all over. First John is all over in this text. It's all over the New Testament. It's all over the Bible. God has shown his love. And then lastly, I'll close with, what's our response to God's love? And that would be praying for God to, that we would know his love by the gift of faith and new birth, and that he would send us out showing his love to one another, to others. So, point number one, God is love. It's about his character. Point number two, God is the source of love. Where does love come from? It comes from him. Point number three, God has shown his love. The point is on demonstration. And number four is, what's our response to God's love? Okay, let's walk through it now. Number one, God is love. It's there in verse eight of our text. God is love. Statement of his character. It would be a false notion of God to think that, well, God is sometimes love, and he's sometimes justice, or he's sometimes wrath, or he's sometimes righteousness, or he's sometimes holiness, and sometimes love. But rather, God is love is his character. And the attributes of God don't compete against one another. He is all that he is all the time. So, when you think of God's justice, God has loving justice. You think of his righteousness, it's loving righteousness. And you think of his wrath, it's loving wrath. I mean, if that sounds strange to you, we know loving wrath. You hurt a loved one of mine badly, what you get out of me is what? Anger. For God, you offend the glory of God, the most valuable person in the universe? You get loving wrath. So, God is love is this beautiful statement 
of the character of God. I want to go further now. God has been love for all eternity. It's always been true. I picked up a a Christian children's book and it, it taught a view of God that was totally unbiblical. The book went something like this. It said, you know, God made everything. He, 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 you know, made the sun and the sky and the planets and the animals. And, and God looked around and there was no one to love. He was lonely. So you know what he did? He created me. <laughs> he created us. To fill his loneliness. He created Adam and Eve. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Burn that book. So you go to, well, how can God be loving from all eternity? It's who he is when there's no people around. The Bible teaches us very clearly that God is triune. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus gives us a glimpse into the relationships of love in the Trinity. When he says, John 17, 24, this is his high priestly prayer. He's praying for us. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me, us, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me. And then get this. Because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So God the Father loved Jesus, his Son, before the foundation of the world. Love describes the relationships between the Father, God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit loves the Father and the Son, and the Son loves the Father and the Spirit, and the Father loves the Son and the Spirit. God doesn't need people to love. God is love. God is love. Our affirmation of faith puts it this way. You can read it online. You can read the whole thing online. It's 40 pages if you print it out with the scriptural footnotes. <laughs> Item, Article 2.2. 2.2. We believe that God is supremely joyful in the fellowship of the Trinity. Each person beholding and expressing his eternal an unsurpassed delight in the all-satisfying perfections of the triune God. So there's a glimpse of the triune God from all eternity being eternally happy in love and in fellowship with one another. Not lonely, not needing anyone else or anything else to be happy. Let me contrast that with the monogod. And I get the phrase from Michael Reeves' book, came out about 10 years ago, called Delighting in the Trinity 
And get this for the subtitle, An Introduction to the Christian Faith. In other words, if you don't understand the Trinity, you have not had an introductory course on the Christian faith. He, he contrasts our triune God, the true God, with the false God, which he calls the monogod. The monogod. After noting that the Quran forbids the Trinity and forbids God as being Father, Reeves helpfully writes this Allah is a single person God. In no sense is he a Father. Quote, he begets not. And in no sense does he have a Son. Quote, nor is he begotten. He is one person and not three. Allah is an utterly different sort of being to the God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. Allah exists and functions in a completely different way from the Father, Son, and Spirit. So let's think about this. I, I really have latched onto the phrase, the monogod. I find it helpful to, to contrast with the true triune God. Think about this, at least three things. The monogod, if he were a god, would have been alone in all eternity past, alone, in isolation before creation. He's a loner. He knows not the fullness and the beauty and the happiness of fellowship and of love. Before creation, he cannot love. There's no one to love. To the contrary, our triune God exists in this happy, loving fellowship that I describe Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity. Also, the mono God creates out of need. If the mono God were true, he would create out of lack, out of emptiness, loneliness. And on the contrary, our triune God creates out of fullness, out of life, gener gen life generating uh, his fatherly being. He, he begets, he gives life to, to all things. He creates, not because he's lonely, but because he's full in the Trinity. He has no need. It's out of fullness that he creates. Third thing, the monogod needs creation in order to love. If he is to be a loving God, he needs an object to love. And so the monogod, if he were God, creates for self-fulfillment. To become a loving creator God. I know, I've not loved before. I think I'll create people in order to start loving. Love would be a new thing for the monogod. A thing to learn not the essence of his very character. 
On the contrary, our triune God, having been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity, (laughs) He doesn't need any lessons on how to love. He's got this. He's got this down. It's not a, a new thing or a strange thing. It is at the root of who He is. God is love. Now, right at this point, I thought I should do a whole sermon on. I'm not saying the Bible does not say human love is God. That's idolatry. Human love is God. My view of love, I, I love my love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my love on this person and I'm, I'm going to make an idol out of my love. And that is not it. And I don't have time to go there. But I thought maybe I'll spend time on it on a pastor's newsletter on uh, Wednesday night or maybe, maybe one of the Sundays coming up. The point is not that human love is God. The point is, God is love. And his, his definition of love comes from himself. As he loves the glory of his person completely and infinitely. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is love. Okay. I spent more time on that one than I'll spend on any of the other ones. Point number two. God is the source of love. It's in verse 7. Love is from God. It's where love comes from. It comes from God. We, we had a fire in our fireplace last night in our little family room. And, and we lit the fire and, you know, fire's doing this and, and uh, thinking heat comes from fire. Light comes from fire. Love comes from God. It's interesting. The, the fire just radiates this heat and radiates this light. Better image. The sun radiates heat and radiates light. It's coming from the sun, and yet the sun stays the sun. And the heat and the light comes out into the universe and into the world likewise. God stays God and his love radiates out with with warmth and and uh, and light into the world into our lives love comes from God you want to look for love look for it in God comes from him that's point number two point number three God has shown his love He's demonstrated his love clearly and unmistakably. It's not a mystery. It's a fact of human history. It would not be totally wrong to infer that God's mercy on all creation in giving us rain and sun and people who love us and life and breath and everything else is a is a kind of love from God. It's his general mercy upon the world. But that would miss the point in uh, 1 John. 
There is a love that is superior to that. It, it is a love that's special. It is a love that's unique. It's a love that God has for his own children. Totally unique from those who are not his children. And this love, God has demonstrated in the historical fact of sending his son to come here on a mission to save us. Two key words that show up. God sent his son to save us. This is the demonstration of his love. 1 John 4, 9. The text says it in two ways. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was made seen. It was demonstrated that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This demonstration of God's love. He sent his son. I think of that as Advent. That we might live through him. That we might have life in him. And that life is going to be explained in just a second in the next verse. But that we might not perish. Why would we perish? Because God's wrath is upon us. Verse 10 then. It's a parallel statement. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent, there it is again, Advent, he sent his son to be the the propitiation for our sins. That's Good Friday. God demonstrated his love in sending Christ that we might live through him, have eternal life, by Christ's propitiation. The, the word propitiation means, it's a word that, that refers to satisfying wrath. That Christ died to satisfy God's wrath, God's punishment, God's righteous anger that was on us as sinners. And so by Christ's death, God's wrath has been removed from us. And we are, we are drawn in and welcomed by the blood of Christ into his love forever and ever. His life. This is the good news of great joy. God sent his son into the world to die for us. This is the good news. I mean, the Bible says there's, there's a couple other clear pointers. There's probably more. I just thought of two right off the top of my head. God shows his love in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. And then, of course, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the demonstration of God's love. Sending Christ to come and die to save us demonstrated. It's clear. There's no guesswork on it. So there, now. Response. So God is love. He's the source of all love. He's demonstrated His love for us in sending Christ into the world, Advent, to die for us, to die for our sins, Good Friday, after which He rose from the dead to reign. So, the question becomes, how have you responded to the love of God? Have you received his love? Do you know his love? 
Or is it just out there? Couple thoughts. We don't come to know the love of God merely by historical facts. And I mentioned God demonstrated his love in historical fact. The coming of Christ. Nobody in their right mind denies the coming of Christ. The death of Christ. Nobody in their right mind on the planet Earth. Atheists. Nobody denies the historical facts. But do they know the spiritual meaning? You know, I have to say, it is a great assurance to me. You know, if I'm, I'm thinking, you know, does God really love me? Is he? It is a great comfort to me. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just the, the fact of Christ's coming is a great assurance to me. But historical facts alone will not bring you into the love of God. Even demons know the facts. Neither do we come to know the love of God by doing loving things for God. That's the point at the beginning of verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God. We don't come into the love of God by showing God how much we love Him so that He would love us back. I mean, it's sort of our nature is kind of wired that way. Like, if I do something to make him love me, then he's going to love me. It's not it at all. In fact, that's offensive. You know, I know God will love me if I try to do good, if I try to keep the commandments, if I try to stop doing bad things, if I try to forgive. If I try to love other people, God will love me, right? It's not the way into the love of God. Everything we do apart from faith is sin. And to belittle the work of Christ in forgiving our sins and securing the love of God for us by saying, Lord, I can earn it for me. It's just piling sin upon sin upon sin. Receiving the love of God is not a business transaction like, God, I'll do for you so that you love me back. It's not it. We cannot earn the love of God for us. Rather, the love of God is the love of the Father, God the Father, for his own newborn children. You don't, children do not earn the love of their parents. At least, not good parents. It, the love comes by nature. God's nature is to love his children. Which leads us to this other point now. We don't come to know the love of God because we grew up in the church or because our parents were Christians or merely because I think I will know the love of God. Like it's a little switch that we can turn on. It, it's not that either. First John 
or excuse me, uh, John 1 verse 12 stresses this point and points us to this miracle of the new birth, to being born into the love of God as his children. I'll read it first, or excuse me, John 1 verse 12. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What's the point? You don't come into the love of God because of blood, because of your bloodline, or merely because of your will, or because whatever, because you grow up in the church. But by being born of God. So, we come to know the love of God by faith, by the miracle of the new birth. It's a miracle. <laughs> that those who are born of God know God. Those who are born of God know the love of God, having been born by God. It's this gift that God gives by his word and his spirit, that the word, the gospel, the word of Christ comes upon us and by the work of the Spirit, we have spiritual life and we're born as God's children. I can't help but, but think of the idea of like the, the word being like a seed and the Spirit being like fertilizer. Life. Life. And this new birth grants us faith to believe in, in Christ and and grace to come into the love of God. <laughs> and it, 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 this ought to just kind of blow your mind. Remember I said, the triune God has, is love and has been loving forever. And I just said now, by the miracle of the new birth, by the power of the gospel and the work of the Spirit, we're brought into the love of God. You, you get that? So this is, this is like crazy wild. The, the grace of God to us in the gospel by the new birth brings us into the love that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit have shared and enjoyed for all eternity. Jesus says, John seventeen twenty six. I made them, I made known to them, us, your name. And I will continue to make it known. Why? So that the love with which you have loved me, Father, may be in them and I in them. Now, if you have come to know the love of God by the miracle of faith, the new birth, you've come to know the love of Christ, then the command of the text is you'll show it. Beloved, I should stop right there. Loved ones, 
those who have been loved by God, the little beloved word feels, I don't know, something, we don't use that word. Love, loved by God, people, let us love one another. This is verse 7. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So, in a very real way, John in the letter, 1 John, puts down a test of whether you have really come to know the love of God. Do you love your brothers and sisters? Do you love one another? It makes perfect sense if you climb into what he's saying here. Is, look, if God has given you birth and God's nature is love, you've been born of him, you have his nature in you to love. So as those who have been loved, who have been born into the nature of God, who is love, he commands. Beloved, let us love one another. I mean, this is the call for how many? Hundreds, thousands of acts of love from us. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Not me first love, but you first love. Sacrificial love, laying down your life kind of love, lay down your rights kind of love, lay aside your privileges kind of love, wash one another's feet kind of love. So this, uh, this last Sunday of Advent, my hope and prayer is that God grant us grace to worship him in his great love, to abide in the love of Christ for us. And since we know him and know his love, May God give us grace and power to show that we know him by our love for one another in countless ways. At home, in our marriages, with our friends, with our neighbors, at work, and in this world, and in our church. For the glory of God in his great love for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thanks again for your word. Your word is so good. So good. And your love is so glorious. This is a staggering teaching that we who've been born of you can be brought into the fellowship of the Trinity, that the love God has for 
that God the Father has for His Son, the Son has for the Father, and Spirit would be in us. So, Lord, make it so. And I do pray. I pray the command into reality. Grant that we would love one another because of these great realities and truths that are ours by faith and the new birth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720-13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.